0: Turn with me to the book of Colossians, the third chapter in the second verse, if you would. Colossians 3, verse 2 says, set your mind and keep focused. Somebody say, keep keep focused. Keep focused habitually on the things above, the earthly, the heavenly things, excuse me, not on things that are on the earth, which have only temporal value. There have been times in my life that I have found myself detached by the world, detached from the things that counted, detached from my relationship with God, detached from uh, prayer, detached from checking on people, maybe whatever. But I realized the importance of what I was doing or what I should have been doing, and I took a minute to, to refocus on the good things of God. It's easy to get caught up in the chaos and the negativity that surrounds us. Somebody say amen to that. But we have the choice to choose to refocus on the good stuff. The good stuff that brings us peace, the good stuff that brings us joy, and all the things to our lives that bring us the place where God said, I would that you would prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. See, if your mind is all muddled up and you can't focus, your soul's not gonna prosper. I think a lot of people read that and go, ooh, 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 hallelujah, I'm going to prosper because God said I could. You got to understand that he said you would prosper and be in health as your soul prospers. In other words, when I'm thinking about this and I'm thinking about that and I'm pulled to the left and I'm pulled to the right and I'm not focused on what I'm supposed to be doing, I'm not focused on my relationship with God, I'm not focused on Bible, I'm not focused on prayer, I'm not focused on the good stuff, when I get unfocused, then I fall short of walking into the prosperity. And I'm not just talking about money. Money is part of prosperity but I'm talking about prosperity in my home, my marriage, my relationship with my children, my relationship with all my neighbors and all the things that are good. By redirecting my attention to kindness and love and the wisdom of God I am able to regain clarity and I'm able to regain peace in the middle of uncertainty. Isn't that good news? Every day, I want to prioritize. I want to prioritize my my faith. I want to prioritize gratitude, prioritize compassion. And let these good things guide my thoughts, guide my action. And here's a word that at four o'clock this morning when I was writing this out and finishing this up. Here's what God said. I want him to guide my thoughts and my action, but I also want him to guide my interactions. Oh, how how are you interacting with the people around you? How are you interacting with money? See, a lot of us get sideways interacting with money and the money starts owning us instead of us owning the money. How are you interacting with the people at work? How are you interacting with God himself? Through intentional refocusing, we're reminded of the incredible goodness that God offers and the transformative power that we can have and our perspective Changes to the right place. This is what I want you to say today. Excuse me while I refocus. Look at somebody and tell them, excuse me while I refocus. See, a lot of times, a lot of people, and, and, and can I be honest with you, in ministry, if you're in ministry, if you do any, if you're a leader, maybe a leader it's your job, or sometimes people with good intentions. And well-meaning thoughts will distract you, will confuse you, because we have this tendency in the world today, it's called the me syndrome. Everything should please me before it pleases you. And actually that is in total and complete opposition to what God said do. He said, he said treat others the way you would have them treat you. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. So sometimes I'm gonna tell you, here's what I'm gonna give you permission to do. Now you gotta be nice when you do it, you gotta be kind, you gotta smile. Come on, practice. Everybody smile. And then look at somebody while you smile and say, excuse me while I refocus. Because I'm going to be honest with you, there's times, there's times that I have in my ministry of of over 25 years now that I have not gone to the back door because it felt like everybody that was walking out, they should have laid their burdens on the altar, and they wanted to wait just long enough to give them to me. And I would go home, and I would be so burdened down, and, and, and can I be honest with you, some of it wasn't important enough for them to pray about, but they wanted to talk about it. I ain't mad at nobody, but I'm going to tell you something. It is important to understand that sometimes you got to say, excuse me, excuse me, I love you, but excuse me, I ain't got time to to listen to that mess. Excuse me, Uh, uh, somebody call you on the phone. Hey, did you hear about so-and-so? Nope, thank you, love you, God bless you, see you at church. (laughs) However that needs to happen. But sometimes we got to excuse ourselves from the gossip. I know gossip is juicy. And I know right now fasting, anything that's got the word juicy with it you like. But I'm going to tell you something. hmm Sometimes you got to, even though, and, and this is what we do in church. Well, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm concerned. hmm if your concern causes you to get in a way that you should not be confused or mad or offended or upset, that's when you need to say, hey, I love you, but excuse me while I refocus. Let's practice one more time. Look at somebody and say, excuse me while I refocus. To refocus, you have to recognize distractions. Distractions. In Hebrews 12, 1 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses who by faith have testified to the truth of God's absolute faithfulness, stripping off every unnecessary weight and sin which so easily and cleverly entangles us, let us run with endurance and active persistence the race that is set before us. Listen, in order to refocus our lives and walk closely with God, we have to first recognize the distractions that are hindering us. The distractions that are hindering us from getting to church. Distractions that are hindering us from being kind to people at the grocery store. Distractions that are hindering us and keeping our mind bogged down. You know one reason it is so good not to have debt, or at least a lot of it, because when you wake up in the morning, you think about, oh my goodness, i got to do this and i got to do that. There's a reason why we should strive to be debt free. Not because the Bible says you have to be, or not because the Bible says that it's sin to have debt. But here's the thing. My, I know that the reason that the Bible tells us to oh men owe no man anything but to love him is because when you don't have the pool of a debt or the pool of this or a pool of that, you are free and your soul is in a better place. So identify. Hey, maybe you operate under stress really good but there's a reason why the doctor tells you to get stress out of your life stress causes shingles stress causes blood pressure problems, stress causes heart issues, stress causes a lot of things and a lot of times if we would just focus on God and pay attention to the distractions and eliminate the things that are not necessary we would have a happier soul somebody say amen. amen distractions can come from various forms like worldly desires it seems like everybody wants to live like the Joneses but nobody, nobody, want, nobody really knows who the Joneses is I'm telling you I'm not mad at you today I just want to give you something to make you free for the rest of this year I just want to tell you that if you are getting in more debt and causing yourself to work more and causing yourself to have to be away from your family more and you're causing yourself in in the name of creating a heritage, listen, why don't we trust God to give us that heritage? I I believe in working hard. The Bible says if you don't work, you don't eat, but Anything that is out of balance will cause the ship to go down. We need to have balance. And the balance of the word tells us that we should not get ourselves in a position. Listen, if you've got a, if you've got a job that will pay for you to drive a Rolls Royce on Sunday and a Bentley on Monday and a Porsche on Tuesday, do it. Let me borrow one. Praise God. But my point, there's nothing wrong with things having things but not that things have you because it causes stress and it's a distraction. I've seen so many people in ministry be so hungry and so eager to work for God and then allow distractions to take away their joy of serving God and it become a belaboring thing. Listen, acknowledging certain distractions and actively choosing to let them go. When you do that, you create space for God to work in your life and you can refocus your attention on Him. Somebody say, excuse me while I refocus. To refocus, you have to seek God's guidance. Somebody say, read, pray, live holy. Somebody say read, Read, pray, pray, live holy. The live holy, don't let that that scare you. That's not a legalistic thing. Living holy unto the Lord is living in the love of God because God is love. I believe that with all my heart. But to refocus, you have to seek God's guidance. Go to Proverbs, the third chapter, please, and verses five and six. It says, trust in and rely, and confidently i'm sorry trust in and rely confidently on the lord with all your heart and do not rely on your own insight and understanding in all your ways know and acknowledge and recognize him and he will make your path straight and smooth removing obstacles that block your way when you refocus your life it's important to seek god's Guidance in all that you do. Instead of relying on uh, relying solely on your own understanding and your own plans, we should trust in the Lord and submit to His will. What is His will? His word is His will. Now, He has specific wills for our life when it comes to our job, when it comes to our families, when it comes to our spouses. Let me just... Let me take a pause right here. If you are single and you're in this place, go to God before you go to the club. Go to God before you go to the dating site. Go to God first. Matthew 6, 33, Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. God take too long, pastor. Maybe He's trying to get you in order for the right man or the right woman. There's an old southern gospel song that says, He's still working on me to make me what I ought to be. It took him just a week to make the moon and stars, the sun and the earth and Jupiter and Mars. How loving and patient he must be, but he's still working on me. In other words, um, thousands of years ago, he created everything and he's still working on you. That's what that song says. I don't know if that's biblical, but that song says, So here's what's up. Maybe he is fine-tuning some things in you or maybe fine-tuning some things in your mate. By giving our plans to him, seeking his direction, we allow God to lead us to the right path and refocus our priorities according to his perfect plan. Somebody say, excuse me, while I refocus to refocus you have to renew your mind Romans 12 2 says and do not be conformed to this world any longer with its superficial values and customs but be transformed and progressively changed as you mature spiritually by the renewing of your mind focusing on godly values and ethical attitudes ooh that's good stuff right there ain't it somebody say out your amen one uh huh. So that you may prove yourself, prove for yourselves what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect in his plan and purpose for you. See, refocusing our lives involves renewing our minds and aligning our thoughts with God's truth. There is earthly facts and then there is God's truth. I said, "There's earthly facts like sugar diabetes is a very, very heinous disease. Then there's God's truth that He said when Jesus was on the earth that He said He went around healing all their diseases." Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Sugar diabetes is not uh, is not healable in the world's standard, but my sister. She and her husband just had their 50th wedding anniversary on Friday. And she has been a diabetic since she was 20 years old. And do you understand, she told us this week that she is just a few drops a week from being... and, And I'm talking she was on the pump. She was on everything. I mean, we would be sitting in a restaurant and that sugar just bottom out and then the next thing you know it would go sky high she is just a few drops a week from being taken she's expecting this week to be taken off of all of her meds, she is completely healed and let me tell you something a disease that is incurable is not an incurable disease in God's eyes in the word of God so we have to know that there are facts and then there are truths. The problem is we get focused on the facts and we get confused about the truth. The truth says he will heal you because on the cross, 1 Peter two twenty four says, by his stripes you were healed. It's already done for you to believe for. The facts say that cancer can't be healed. I drove to Nashville last night and watched my 32-year-old son that had cancer when he was 24, I think, when he, he was, took the stage and he sang and he had people laughing, he had people crying, he was doing what, he's, what he believes he's put on this earth to do. Why? Because God healed his body and he is now living his life. He's married, got me a jacket from his wife, My point is, we get focused on facts and facts are scary because facts are still facts. Faith and denial are not the same thing. Disease does take lives. But we have to have the word, the truth in our heart. So that when the doctor tells us the facts, the truth is there to battle it out of your life. The the truth that if you will tithe, he will open up windows of heaven over your head. The truth that says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, then all these things will be added unto you. Uh, uh, In the book of Psalms, delight yourself in him and he will give you the desire of your heart. That kind of transformation will only happen through God's word, prayer, and guidance of the Holy Spirit. When we allow God to renew our minds, we gain a clearer understanding of his will. When we get refocused, we get a clearer understanding of His will and we are able to discern. Oh my God, I've said this so many times. I prayed uh, early in my ministry that God would give me a double portion of discernment. Discernment is so important. What is discernment? Knowing the right thing. It's wisdom in action is what discernment is. But you'll have that discernment and you'll be able to discern what is good and pleasing and perfect in His sight. Somebody say, look at your neighbor and tell him, excuse me while I refocus. To refocus, this is the last one today. You have to live by faith on purpose. On purpose. What does that mean, Pastor Jackie? I'll tell you what it means. It means you have to intentionally believe. You have to intentionally, on purpose, renounce the thoughts of defeat. And you have to fill your mind more than renouncing the bad thoughts. You have to fill your mind and fill your words full of what God says you could have. Listen, I'm not a pie in the sky so high and we'll fly. That kind of preacher says, "Oh, you can have anything you say." No, I believe you can have anything you believe the Word of God to say is yours. I, I, I'm, I, I'm not, I'm not about just believing for, you know, the the power of of believing can be used by the secular, which it is. The power of believing can be used faith I'm writing a book right now about faith and faith is that thing that it is it's actually universal and it's not it's not pigeonholed if you would to one religion faith is having confidence that something is real even though you have no tangible evidence so To refocus, you have to live by faith on purpose. And your faith must have an object. And that object as a Christian, the motor, the power, whatever you want to call him, the Savior, the the good shepherd. But your faith has to be directed as a Christian to Jesus Christ. And understand that he can only and will only perform what his words say that he is willing to perform. But you have to do that on purpose. James 1.6 says, but he must ask for wisdom in faith. Without doubting God's willingness to help. For the one who doubts is like a billowing surge of the sea that is blown away and tossed by the wind. To refocus your life, you got to be intentional with your faith. You got to approach God with unwavering belief. See, here's the deal today. I have literally spent enough time reading the Bible in my life, and some of you all may read it more than I do. I don't know. But I have personally read the Bible and I've built my faith and trust in God enough. If I can find it in the Word, I believe that He is not only capable, but He's willing to do anything we ask if it's in the Word. Because that's what the Word says. But we have to approach God with unwavering belief, trust His promise, and rely on His strength. Do you know that He's a sovereign God? And that He's all-powerful? And that He has... All the power, so that means Satan doesn't have any. I love to talk about this because the world has taught us all. It, it, the world started with cartoons, the little devil and the little angel. How many seen a cartoon with the little devil on this and the little angel over here? And you, it's just, it's just such a, it's just such a struggle. Who do I listen to? Oh. Oh, I don't know who to listen to. Jesus said, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. All power. So if all power has been given to Jesus, then Satan has none. Ooh, that ought to make you happier than that. The reason Satan has power in your life is because we fail to put him in his place. The reason that Satan has any power is we give up ours. When we fear, Satan has a place to stand up and say, ah, you're gonna die. But when the word clearly says, I will live and not die and proclaim the works of the Lord. That's what I have the privilege of saying. So we have to be ready and have our mind and heart so full of, and I do, I trust him. How many trust Jesus today? See, fear and doubt can easily divert you from the refocused path, and it'll cause you to toss, be tossed from here and to there by circumstances in your life. But I got good news. When you decide to stand steadfast in the faith that you've been given. And remember the scripture that says he gave every person the measure of faith. So that's another fable and a wives tale that we've been taught. That some people have more faith than others. I believe that some people have stronger faith than others. But the word says that he gave every person the measure of faith. He gave you enough for your life for the rest of your life. Don't let it lay dormant. Don't let it get uh, covered up with all the other stuff in your life. Get in your word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. When you get in the word, the faith that the Lord has placed inside of you, it will come up and it will become stronger and bigger and you will be able to believe for more and more. Why? Because you trust the author, God in heaven. When you decide to stand steadfast in your faith, you are demonstrating your commitment to God and allowing Him to guide you through every season, keeping your focus on Him alone. Listen, I love people, I do. I get mad at them sometimes. Don't be religious. If you got religious right then, you probably had a fight with your family this morning coming to church. Don't run us in the ditch. I love people. But there's times that you got to say, excuse me, I got to refocus. (laughs) Excuse me. Because I get out of balance. Excuse me while I get the right things right and the wrong things out. Thank you so much for watching this sermon. We hope it encouraged you. Check out more of Apostle Jack's sermons to stay encouraged throughout the week. We also do live streams on Sunday mornings at 10. We would love for you all to stay connected, so go like and follow all of our socials. Life is so beautiful with Jesus and community. So So join join the the fam. fam!